Okay, so today I want to uh, come back to the theme that I've uh, worked on before we had our uh, convention, our time last week. And my subject today is disciples are sitting down with Jesus. Disciples are sitting down with Jesus. Let me read to you from the book of Matthew, chapter 5 and verse 1. And the Bible reads here, one day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And let me also read from the book of Matthew, chapter 10 and verse 1. I read verse 1 and then verse 5. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and illness. And verse 5. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Do not go to the Gentiles and of the, or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, give as freely as you have received. Let us pray. Lord, we want to thank you so much that you are in our midst. Lord, we thank you so much for the uplifting through the songs that we have received. We thank you, Lord, that you are great. Truly, you are great. And Lord, today we want to recognize your greatness. We want to recognize your wonderful work that you do in each and every one of your disciples. So, Lord Jesus, let us learn from you just like your word is encouraging us. Because, Lord, your lessons is what we require in this life. We thank you so much for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit who is impressing your word deep into our hearts and into our minds so that, Lord, we can be able to live according to the word you have given us. To you be the glory and the honor. Amen. Now, once again, we want to speak about uh, what disciples do or ought to do. Okay, through disciples, uh, you know, not necessarily the same like people who are just uh, mere uh, believers who think that there is a God somewhere and uh, you know, maybe even go to church, but disciples are a different kind of people. You know, disciples are attracted to Jesus as he is teaching the word of God. We have just been reading from Matthew chapter one, 5, verse 1, and the Bible tells us, you know, there were crowds there on that day. But interestingly, Jesus went up on the mountainside and he sat down and his disciples were attracted. They gathered around him. They sat down with him. They wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. So true disciples treasure the time they can be with Jesus. And you know, true disciples submit to the word of God, realizing fully well that it's the word of God that gives us life. Jesus uh, was himself uh, making that statement when he was tempted by Satan, that man does not live by bread alone. Yes, of course, the bread and the food, the natural food we need for our physical existence, for our physical bodies. But our spirit lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so we must recognize that each and every one of us needs the word of God. And that's why true disciples will be always attracted to the word of the Lord. God's word is the greatest treasure for 
anyone who is a disciple of the Lord's. Because in this word, we find treasures. They are not necessarily easily seen. And the people who are just, you know, um, on the surface, they may never find them. But the Bible tells us there is a treasure hidden in the fields. Okay, so in other words, you must find that treasure. And, you know, God has given us his word where he has hidden a lot of wonderful treasures that he wants us to lift and that he wants us to find. So people who can't sit under the instructions of God's word are really, are really not classified to be disciples. Okay? They may be uh, interested. They may be part of the crowds who are following because maybe there is a hope for some miracles or maybe some bread they can be eating along the way that Jesus is going to give them. You know? But uh, what is more important is not just you know, looking for some kind of extraordinary, outstanding uh, miracles or something like that. But what is important is, more important is that, you know, we submit to the Word of God. Because, after all, it is the Word of God, through the Word of God, that God created all things. Nothing that is, is without the Word. And that's why, you know, we need to attach great value to the word of God. Because whatever God will be able to do in our lives, it can only be done by the word of God. You know, the Bible tells us that, you know, uh, man, you know, the, 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 the house of God is not built with human hands, but it is built by God himself. So we may build such structures where we are gathering and uh, these are not uh, not bad because they give us uh, protection from the elements outside, you know, whether it's too hot or too wet or too stormy. Uh, but this is not a house that will ever make it into the kingdom of God. No matter how wonderful the cathedral may be that we are able to build, these houses are not what God is after. God is building a living house, a living temple, and this house he builds in a glorious and wonderful way. And that is a house that is put together by human stones. And the stones are we, ourselves. Okay? And that's why, you see, whatever God uh, is able to do in any one of our lives, it will always come through the word of God. And that's why it is so important that we take time to submit to the living word of God. You know, don't look down on the word of God. Don't, don't feel too busy uh, to <clears throat> take the word of God and read and, 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 and find entrance into the word of God, but learn to sit down with Jesus. You know, sometimes we are so busy, we may even have a small uh, you know, devotion book and we just quickly read, oh yeah, okay, this and this. But God wants us to sit down. And sitting down means you, you're not in a hurry, okay? You're not uh, quickly running off because you don't have time to listen. But you are there because you want to hear the whole uh, teaching that the Lord is giving to us, that he has prepared for us. And you know, what God is doing in our life, all the engineering that God is doing us to transform us from the kind of people we used to be when we were first hearing the gospel, when we are still in the darkness of this world, up to today, where God has begun to do work inside of our lives and uh, continues to work until we are coming into the fullness of the stature of Christ, that is all done by the word of the Lord. And that we need to, you know, submit to, to listen carefully what God is saying to us. So the word must be restored uh, in our lives to a very prominent place. When I say restored, you know, uh, it may not always be where it is supposed to be, you know. My, like in many, many uh, places of worship today. There is so much dancing and music and entertainment 
And when it comes to the Word of God, it is just tiny, tiny little bit. And that is not sufficient to transform the people into what God wants them to be. That's why the Word of God is so crucial. It must have its uh, prominent place, the highest place in our lives, in our ministry, in what we are going to do. So the question, of course, is how much time do we spend with Jesus? Are we always in a hurry or are we able to sit down and listen? You know, it's very often uh, the case that uh, when you're in a hurry and you read something, it may not say anything to you. But if you sit down and you wait until with the Lord, be greatly blessed. That means we need to sit down with the Lord Jesus Christ. So disciples who sit down, they will understand their mission and they will be able to follow Jesus wherever he guides us. And I think that's very crucial for each and every one to understand. So disciples are willing to follow Jesus on the journey that he himself directs. Okay? I wouldn't be here today if I would have chosen my own way, I would have done what I wanted to do. But there was a time in my life where I sat down with Jesus. And of course, you know, it was very early in my Christian walk when I really took a lot of time to listen to the word of God. And then God called me and he says, I've got a different way for you. And I followed that way. I didn't know where the way would lead me but I did follow, and Jesus you know, has proved himself faithful in every situation. So when Jesus gets up, the disciples must also get up. You know, in the wilderness wandering of the people of Israel, God gave them a very interesting instruction, you know, uh, because God was with them, you know, in a cloud where he covered them, where he protected them where he gave them shade, because in the wilderness, you know, it's very hot. There are no trees, there's no shade. So it would have been very unbearable. And so God traveled with them in a cloud during the day. And he had a pillar of fire during the night. So in the night, it's very cold in the desert. So he gave them warmth. And in the day, he gave them the cloud, which was giving them shade. And the Lord gave an instruction that whenever the cloud is lifting up, then the people of Israel also needed to be ready to move on. And you know, moving on for them was not just uh, an easy thing because they were, they were uh, probably more than one million, two million people. And uh, they were having the you know, Ark of the Covenant to carry Everything had to move, everything had to shift. There was no permanent building, but it was a building that was portable. And so we as disciples, we can learn from that. You know, Whenever the cloud of the Lord is lifting, whenever Jesus is getting up, we also must get up. We must not make us permanent places where we say, oh no, I can't shift anymore because uh, I found it uh, easy to be here. Because if you are remaining where you are, and the cloud moves on, then whatever you have enjoyed before will suddenly not be there anymore because you won't get the shade, you won't get the warmth, you won't get the protection of the Lord. And that's why it is so important that we learn to walk with Jesus. So when Jesus gets up, disciples follow, okay? It's as simple as that. And those who are not following, well, I think uh, they are not yet disciples. Maybe they are fans. Maybe they make a like button on Facebook. But the, you know, giving a like to the Lord Jesus is not enough. You, you, we really need to follow, okay? Now when we follow, we will not know where the Lord is taking us. Okay, But as we follow, we will see new and wonderful things that God is going to reveal to us as we are on the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You know, God will reveal to us a lot of things that happen in the future. We will see later on in the scriptures that I read. Uh, God told his disciples uh, what his uh, journey would bring to him. But he will not tell us everything. There will always be things that we uh, just get from one day to another. So following Jesus is an act of faith that is required of all believers repeatedly, okay? You know, it's not enough to say, of, of course I had faith, I, I, I uh, accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and uh, that is it. No, we need to continuously follow in his footsteps. Let me just read the scripture uh, once, uh, which, is, which is found in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 8, verse 23. The Bible says, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Okay, Jesus got into the boat and he started off across the lake with his disciples. Now, that's a very interesting um, way of uh, putting it because the disciples had gone across that lake multiple times, hundreds of times, you know. This, this, some of them were fishermen. Some of them knew this lake very, very well. And, of course, all the time when they were going on uh, a catch, you know, to, to catch fish, they, they went into the boat and they directed the ship. They did what they wanted. But this time, it was not them leading the way. This time, it was Jesus leading the way. So please take note that there may be things that you have always been doing, but now take note that you are not leading yourself, that Christ leads you. He may actually lead you in the very same things that you have been familiar with, and yet they are different because Jesus has a plan in what he's going to do through this. Okay, so Jesus got into the boat and uh, started across the lake with his disciples on his side. Okay, Jesus was not going alone, he was going together with his disciples. Along the time, you know, along the way, the Bible says, suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat but Jesus was sleeping. Okay, so it must have been some distance away from where they were entering the boat. And remember what I was saying is the people who have been sitting with Jesus, they will also follow Jesus when he gets up and when he gets on the journey. And so these disciples, they got on the journey with Jesus and they had no clue that the journey that they were beginning would not be an easy one. Of course, uh, they had so many times crossed that lake. They knew that lake in and out. But on that day, it was a very different day. Okay? It was a very different day and suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. The question is now, why was Jesus sleeping? Okay? Why did Jesus not take notice of uh, what was happening? Why was it that you know, uh, they were struggling on their own and uh, they didn't really uh, manage to overcome the onslaught of uh, the fierce storm. Now, I think sometimes God is teaching us lessons that are very important. Okay? Now, one thing, of course, that we see in the disciples is that they knew who to call upon when problems struck. And I think it's very important for each and every one of us. We should know what to do when problems arise that we cannot be able to solve. Okay? So the Bible says, the disciples went and woke up Jesus, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going down. Okay? I'm sure this has happened to all of us. Okay, when trouble struck in your life or in my life, you know, it's important that we remember we are not alone. Jesus is with us. Now, he may not be active immediately and jump in front of you and, uh, you know, command the storm because he wants us to learn to exercise our own faith. 
You know, when Jesus teaches us, he teaches us in order that we can be able to uh, come to a position where we are taking steps of faith and where the trials and the troubles that we are facing are no longer just watched with horror and uh, uh, fear of, 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 of dying, but down. We are able to stand and command the storm to shut down. Okay, this is what we see here. Okay, let me f uh, finish reading this, uh, this uh, short uh, record here. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we are going to drown. Okay, this was a good thing. They knew where to go when they had problems. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. So in other words, Jesus said, you know, I could have kept sleeping, but you could have solved this problem on your own because I gave you the power to command the powers of darkness. And of course, this was not an ordinary storm. This was a, a storm that was instigated by Satan himself. And so Jesus gives them a lesson. But he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now these were disciples and yet there were a lot of things they didn't know about this man as they called him. This man. I mean he was supposed to be called their Lord, their Savior, okay? Their Redeemer, their master who was going ahead of them. But then, you know, many times we come into a situation where God wants us to take action, where God wants us to activate our faith. And I'm sure we all have such situations in our lives. Now, sometimes we even think that Jesus is not there, that he's absent. But actually, Jesus is not absent. He may be looking like he's sleeping, and he deliberately uh, may look like that he has given to us. Okay? And I think this is the thing that they had not yet learned, and they needed to learn. After all, Jesus would not be with them physically for forever. So they needed to learn how to respond to temptation, you know, to the onslaught of the evil one. They needed to know what to do in a situation where, you know, natural power was no longer able to do anything. Like I said, many of these disciples were home, at home on the, on the lake. You know, they were fishermen. They, they knew what to do. But all their natural ability, everything they had learned along the way from their, you know, fathers and whoever taught them, you know, did not yield any results anymore. So they were becoming afraid. They were fearing to drown. They were fearing to die. And that's when they remembered Jesus is with us, okay? Sometimes you may wonder, why is Jesus not doing anything? Why is he not saying anything? You, you, you look around and you think he's not there, but he's actually there, okay? He's sleeping, but he's not sleeping, okay? He's waiting, waiting for us to either command the storm or at least come to him and... Uh, Tell him, Lord, help us out. And thank God, God has given us Jesus to help us out of our misery, help us out of our uh, troubles in this world. And so Jesus gets up, he rebukes the wind and the waves, and everything became very calm. As suddenly as everything had started, as suddenly everything died down again. And I think we can see from that you know, that suddenly tells us that this was not an ordinary storm. This was an onslaught of Satan. I mean, how would Satan have uh, relished to see the disciples together with their master drown in the lake and uh, thereby ending the whole plan of salvation for mankind? But of course, Jesus was still in control, even when he was sleeping. 
And you know, the Bible tells us that he was sleeping on a pillow in one of the other gospels. And let me tell you, he was actually not resting on a pillow. He was resting in the arms of his father. He knew his father was in charge. And uh, even the storms that come to you, they will always be measured. What do I mean with being measured? In fact, they will never be more than what you can bear. That's what the Bible tells us. So that we can get up under the Lord and we can defeat the powers of darkness that are coming against us. So really let us understand that Jesus is not far away, but that he's very, very close. Even when we think he's not there, he watches very closely. He's very much aware what we are going through. So your pain, your agony, your troubles, your trials are not strange to him. You're not somebody who is uh, unimportant to the Lord Jesus. You know, every disciple is very important to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why, you know, we must learn to trust him. We must learn to sit down with him so that we understand the value system of the Lord Jesus Christ. We learn this from men of faith. You know, when you look into the Old Testament, you see how God called Abraham. And of course, Abraham was a, was a, a you know, an idol worshiper. He, was, he didn't know anything about God until one day he heard the voice of God. You know, idols don't speak. So he may have been an idol worshiper for a long time and it was just a, you know, a, a ritual that he was doing like everybody else. And you don't expect idols to speak. You know, they just sit there. They look at you, you know, the way they may have been made to, to, to be formed by a human hand. And uh, there they are. You don't expect them to speak. But when Jesus heard the voice of God, he was very surprised. And he began to trust that voice. He began to put his face in that voice of God. And he followed Jesus. That's amazing. Okay, a man who had never known anything about God, who had never been to Sunday school, who had never heard, had the advantage to hear somebody preach in the streets, you know, but somebody who was steeped into uh, tradition and idol worship in his life. And all of a sudden he heard God speak. And he followed. God said, come, I'll show you a place, a land that I'm going to give you. And Abraham followed. Now, in the life of Abraham, you can actually see that there were lots and lots and lots of ups and downs, okay? Abraham was not perfect when God called him. Neither was he perfect when he was halfway down. But God worked in his life, step by step. And that's exactly what he does in your life. Now, if the father of our faith made mistakes, and he did, you know, read his story again, you will find out, sometimes he made big blunder. Okay, but uh, you know, he was somebody who had followed, some, someone who was learning, somebody didn't understand everything at one, at one moment, but somebody who was constantly learning from his master. And you know, this is exactly what, what uh, God wants us to do. Okay, we see in the New Testament, there was a man called Saul who was persecuting the church because he felt only their religion was the right thing, okay? And so everybody who was not falling into place according to their narrow interpretation of the Bible was meant to be wrong, okay? They couldn't accept that. And yet, you know, Jesus was preaching the very word. In fact, he is the, the culmination of the promises of the, the prophets coming true in his life. You know, everything about him was written in the Old Testament and he was, he was uh, fulfilling so many of those prophecies, and yet the people who were narrow-minded in their religious pursuit could not see it. They could not understand it. Because they never sat down with a living God. They always just wanted to sit on the word that was dead. And you know, it's very dangerous when we allow the word of God to become dead. 
Because the word of God is breathed in by the Holy Spirit. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And the Holy Spirit will speak the words of the Lord Jesus Christ to us. Even the words of the prophets in the Old Testament, he will, you know, make them alive in our hearts because it's the Holy Spirit who understands all the deep things of God. Okay? Every thought in God, the Holy Spirit knows. And he will translate it so that we can also understand it. Okay, Jesus said, I will, you will not be alone, you will not be orphaned, but I send you the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. And he will lead you, he will guide you into all truths. And whatever, whatever he hears from my words, okay, the words of God, whatever Jesus has been saying, is, he will explain it to you. He will make it known to you. He will uh, bring it to life in the situations that you go through. So when you are in a boat and you face a storm that is about to drown you, you must uh, remember that Jesus said, I will be with you wherever you go. I will never leave you. I will never forget about you. But I will protect you. And then, of course, we must understand that Jesus said that we should rise up in our face and command the powers of darkness to cease and that's what Jesus was teaching the disciples in this story, okay? The disciples, they were frightened. And you know, when you are frightened, you can't do anything. Fear is paralyzing. I don't know how many of you are living by fear right now. And I want to tell you, don't fear. Because the Lord is with you. Fear is a very ferocious enemy because fear is like attacking our muscles, okay? Attacking our inner system. It's paralyzing each and everything inside of us, paralyzing our faith. And that's why, you know, the Bible says uh, fear must be driven out. Half that intimate half drives out all fear. Praise the Lord. So we must come to Jesus. We must have that intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus. We must be able to, to live in that uh, relationship of love because then fear cannot manifest. Okay? Fear will be driven out. And so this is one lesson that we all have to learn. Okay? Don't fear. Okay? This is the word that God spoke to, uh, to the leader Joshua after Moses had been uh, called, recalled by the Lord and uh, the next leader was appointed to be Joshua and Joshua was afraid. You know, he, he didn't know how to go about it. I mean, yes, of course, he had seen how Moses was sovereignly uh, leading the people of Israel for, uh, for, for uh, more than 40 years from the time of Egypt coming all the way to uh, near the, the promised land. And of course, in the desert, there were so many things that were missing. And, you know, somehow, Moses mastered all of them. Not that I'm saying he didn't make mistakes. He made mistakes. And uh, towards the end of his life, he made a bigger mistake, you know, because he thought he had learned the things of God and applied the same recipe that God told him to uh, apply sometime earlier. That was when he was striking the rock and the water flowed out. And so uh, when, when God told him he must speak to the rock, he was still, you know, going back to the old recipe because he thought this is what is going to work. So he made mistakes, okay? But nevertheless, despite of the mistakes that Moses made, he was somebody who trusted him, somebody who sovereignly was uh, leading the people of, of Israel. And then there came Joshua. Yes, of course, he was always there, but he was not in charge. Okay. Finally, his time came to take over the helm of the nation of Israel. He felt that he couldn't do it. He was looking at, you know, we say the shoes of Moses, and they were just too large for his, uh, for his stature. But then, you know, God told him, fear not. Not once, not twice, but time and time again. Fear not, don't be afraid. 
And God tells you that as well, okay? God tells us that. You know, when we sit down with Jesus, one thing that he wants to see completely eradicated in our life is fear. And many of us, we are, we are not exercising our faith because we are saying, oh, what if it doesn't happen? Okay, what is that? That is fear. Okay, that is fear. And that's why we must be very, very close to Jesus. You know, we must really have the love of the Lord flow through our system, through our heart and life, so that the, the love of God will drive out all fear. Okay, because what God says will be coming to pass. No matter what the world says, no matter what your circumstances says, no matter what everybody around you says, but when Jesus says, fear not, you can stand on that word. Okay, you can be sure that God will bring you through. And so it's important that we learn to be close to Jesus. Sitting down with Jesus is not a luxury. It's a necessity. Okay, it's a survival strategy. Because we can't survive when we are not close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we are not able to stand against the onslaughts of the enemy when we are not having the strength of the Lord inside of our system, okay? When we are close to Jesus, when we see that fear is being eradicated from within us, then we can boldly stand in front of uh, the storm that is instigated by demons and we tell them, hey, get out here. They, ah, they have to get out, okay? A lot of us, we don't do it because we say, ah, I think, what if it's not happening, then people will think I'm, I'm uh, a failure. Don't worry about yourself. You know, do what Christ tells you. You know, many of us, we, we fear to lay a hand on a sick person and say, get well. Because we are wondering, ah, what if this person dies? Okay, what if uh, uh, I go out and things don't happen? But you know, you're not responsible for the fulfillment of your prayer. That's, that's the Lord's job. You understand? All you need to do is fearlessly pray. What God has to do with that prayer, that's not your problem. That's his problem. Okay? In fact, Jesus doesn't have problems. Okay? The biggest problem, the only problem that he is, is having is, is people who are not ready to live by faith. Okay, human beings that are not responding to his guidance. But otherwise, God doesn't have problems. In fact, if, if we don't want to follow him, we can easily find somebody else who is doing the job. But he wants to use us. He wants to use you and me because he loves us. And that's why he doesn't want to lose us. He doesn't want us uh, to, to, to remain in failure. He, he, he wants to teach us, teach us, teach us until we can be able to rise up and stand against every onslaught of the enemy. Okay? That's what God is teaching us. So when things don't work according to the plan that you have had or that you thought we should have had, that means to reach the other side of the lake, and the onslaught of darkness will come, then know that there is always an answer very close by, okay? Disciples will be able to find an answer from their lords. You know, when they went to Jesus and said, wake up, Jesus didn't say, give me a rest, I have no time now. He woke up and he did the needful that the disciples failed to do. So a life of faith is a life of surprises. Many surprises, good surprises, wonderful victories in our lives. Because the Bible says in Christ we are more than conquerors. Okay, more than conquerors. That means not only a conqueror, but more than a conqueror. Okay, but then it's also a life of risks because you don't know what is going to come your way, okay? You have no guarantee for the future. So life can be, you know, 
pretty difficult. And we have all experienced that in, in our own walk, okay, where uh, things do happen that you have never really bargained for. You know, I remember when I was first uh, hearing the word of God and uh, understanding that I needed to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and I did that, there were certain preachers uh, who I listened to because I, you know, when I heard the word of God, I was so hungry for the word of God, so I went here, I went there, I listened to all kinds of people. And some of them said, when you come to Jesus, all problems are gone. Okay? Then everything is easy. And I was wondering, is this, is this a good, is this the correct message? And of course, fortunately, I was also eventually settling down with the teachers who gave me a correct uh, uh, message from scripture that when you are walking with Jesus, it's a walk by faith, not a walk by sight. And on the walk of faith, God allows us to come across all kinds of different situations that we need to learn to master. Because after all, you know, uh, when we go to school, it's not a walk through in the sunshine. You, you will have to learn and then you will have to be tested. We talked about that in the past. <clears throat> and the tests are tests, okay? Examine in your life, exams are exams. So sometimes you sweat, sometimes you don't know how to resolve this issue in your life. And God leads us through that, okay? In fact, uh, Paul himself says that, you know, on the journey that he took, it was a difficult journey, a, a journey of a lot of risks. And uh, somebody was asking me, how can you say that a journey with the Lord is a, is a journey of risks? But the Bible says so, okay? So risks are there. But you need to know how to respond to those challenges that are coming your way. Then you can mitigate the risks and come to a position of strength. That's what God wants us to come to. Okay? Now let me take you to another scripture. First of all, let me read from the book of Matthew, chapter 9 and verse 35. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of the area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and healed every kind of disease and illness. When the crowds, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest to ask him to send more workers into his field. Okay, so uh, what we must learn here is that Jesus was seeing every one of his people in Israel, even those who are not disciples, even those who were confused, even those who were, uh, you know, harassed by Satan. And the Bible tells us that Jesus had compassion on these people. Okay, and that, of course, was the reason for him to come and preach the gospel. You know, that's why he, he left the heavens, he left the presence of his father and came into this world because he wanted to see each and every one of them have the opportunity to turn around to the living God. And so, when Jesus saw the crowds, he made this an object lesson to his disciples, okay? When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, okay? So then he speaks to his disciples, okay? Showing them the crowds, can you see? And probably giving them the judgment that he had just made which is written in this very word, that these were people who were helpless 
sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, look here, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest to ask him to send more workers into his harvest field. And you know, this is a prayer that God wants us to pray. Because when you pray that prayer, eventually God will say, I'll send you too, okay? Don't just look at others, but you are one of the people I want you to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Now, let me come back to Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. So the, the scripture I just read, uh, chapter 9, 35 to 27, is just preceding the word that I'm now reading from Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. Jesus called his disciples, his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits, to heal every kind of disease and illness. And Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Do not go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. They were lost sheep, and that's why Jesus was beginning in the house of Israel, because these were the people who knew the word. Okay? These were the people who were supposed to have followed scripture. And he says, go and announce to them the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, curse cure the, uh, the, those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Now that's a very interesting word. Okay? So first he says, pray that God will send workers into his harvest fields. And then he says, now you go. Okay? So you need to pray first of all that God will send workers and then be uh, become aware that you are one of the people that God wants to send. And then he calls his disciples and he gives them authority. You know, our time with Jesus must be a time of preparation. When we sit down with Jesus, when we hear him speak to us, it means that he's conditioning us, that he's preparing us so that we can be able to do the work that he will send us to accomplish. So we are empowered with the authority of Jesus, okay? The Bible talks about the 12 disciples that were empowered with the authority of Jesus. And maybe you're saying, Abba, I'm not one of the 12 disciples, you know? How do you know? <laughs> of course, the 12 disciples were there at that time, but we are disciples of today. And let me tell you, Jesus is not just sending the 12 disciples, but he is sending more than that, okay? So in, in the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 1, the Bible says, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead. Okay? So if you're not of the 12, uh, you may be of the 72. <laughs> okay? Or you may be of the crowds of disciples because, I mean, today, uh, discipleship is not limited to a select number of people. Discipleship is actually meant for every believer. Every believer is not just to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, but is meant to become a disciple of the Lord. Somebody who is sitting down with him. Somebody who is understanding the burden of the heart of Jesus. Somebody who is learning from Jesus. Somebody who is going to carry the yoke of Jesus. Jesus said, my yoke is light. Come, take it, learn from me. That's what Jesus is desiring in your life and my life. So we must not only be consumer of blessings, but we are sent out with the soldiers in the army of the Lord. You know, I think you, you have, you have uh, noticed that today in this uh, contemporary time in which we are living, many, many, many people, they are just hunting for blessings. If there's a preacher somewhere, they rush there because they want to get the blessings. If somebody has got a certain anointing to make you fall on the ground, 
and sleep there for two hours, yeah, you want to have that. You know? You, you want the blessings, but, but then, you know, you're not meant just to be a consumer of blessings. You, you're meant to stand on your feet. And in fact, you know, the, the anointing that God wants to give you and me is that not that people are slain and laying, lying on the ground, but people get up from their slumber and stand like army, an army of God, the, the, the soldiers of God who are able to take up their responsibilities. Okay? So we are not people who are just consuming blessings. Well, thank God, yes, he's blessing us in a mighty and powerful way. Okay? He's a wonderful you know, resource to each and every one of the disciples. But he wants us to get back and take the responsibility that he has given to us and be a soldier in the army of God Almighty. Amen? Amen. Not just to be a consumer of blessings. So we must exercise our faith on the basis of the word of God. You know, when you learn a lesson, don't just say, oh, it was a good lesson, or it was a hard lesson, or it was a difficult lesson. Yes. Then I've heard the lesson, and I'm sure today there are certain lessons that God is teaching us. Then get up, you know, as you go back, you put that lesson into practice. Okay? There was a time when I was, I was trying to learn something about, uh, about the internet. Okay? In fact, most of the things that I've learned about computers, I've, I've taught myself, you know, autodidactically. And then I thought, okay, I wanted to learn something about, about uh, doing websites and doing other things, you know. And uh, I read, and it was making so much sense. Whatever I read, it was good. But then I forgot to put it into practice, okay? And maybe two months later, I thought, okay, now let me do that. And I, I didn't know because I'd forgotten. I didn't put it into practice immediately. You know, certain things when you hear them, you must put them in practice immediately or else you forget it. It will be gone. So I had to go back to the same lessons and listen all over again and read all over again and then begin to do it. Because what you begin to do, you learn. Okay? What you're only hearing and... Uh, not putting into practice, it will, be, it will be lost. And so every single one of us needs to understand when you sit down with Jesus, and that's what we have done this morning. You know, we have sat down listening to the word of the Lord, that eternal word that has, uh, you know, bring, brought creation into being. You know, that, that brought the universe into being. That word has come to us today. And don't just be saying, okay, this is a good word, you know, not your head and saying, yeah, I agree. But no, put it into practice, okay? Maybe deal with your fear. Rise up against the onslaughts of the enemy and, and use the faith that God has given to you, okay? Now, if you say, oh, what if, what if I fail? Well, then do it again. If you fail the second time, do it again until you have learned. You see, this is how we learn. Have you forgotten how you taught your children? Okay, or how your children had been, you know, trying to do certain things over and over again and they failed and they tell them, come up, get up, you, you will learn it. Okay? Is there anyone here who says, me, I, I started walking from day one? None of us. Isn't it? And even when the time came that you are supposed to walk, you didn't walk straight away. You, you, you got up and you went down. You got up and you went down. You got up and you went down. But you know what? Your, your, your parents didn't get discouraged because they knew even if you are trying a thousand times, eventually the day will come that you will master your balance you master your, 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 your muscles and your strength in your, in your limbs and you will be able to walk. And that's true with everything that we have learned. So don't worry if things don't work out perfectly the first time. Be persistent, okay? Be persistent. Understand God has given us authority and he wants us to use that authority. Let me go back again. Jesus called his 12 
disciples together and he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and illness. And if you say, no, me, I can't do that. Why? Are you not one of the disciples? Has God not called you to do, be, to, to do exactly that? So if there's somebody sick in your family or somebody sick in your, amongst your friends, go there and pray boldly. Okay? Don't ask the question, what if that, it doesn't happen? That's not your problem. Just, you just pray. Use your authority. You can even say, in the authority Christ has given me, I pray. Okay? It's not your authority. It's not your ability. It's God's ability. It's God's authority. Okay? So Jesus is teaching us. And, you know, he wants us to utilize the authority. The 12 disciples got authority. The 72 got authority. And Praise God, they went out and did exactly what Jesus told them. And you know what? When they came back, they were so excited. Because they said, Jesus, even evil spirits, they will follow our commands. Okay? And now Jesus is saying something very important. So, uh, let me just highlight this. My time is uh, running out. But let me highlight this point here. You know, disciples learn to be more accurate in their walk in ministry when they come for a debrief into the presence of God. Okay, you know what a debrief is. You do something and then you go back and you evaluate what has happened while you were doing what we're doing. And uh, these people, they come back and they're very, very excited and uh, they, they, they tell Jesus what has happened in their ministry and uh, as they were speaking, you know, Jesus says something very, very important to them. He says, okay, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So in other words, Jesus said, when you were moving in my power, things happened. Okay, maybe you didn't see it, but I saw it. Okay, Jesus saw it. He says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And he says, look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush, and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But, but, and that's very important, you know, because sometimes when we are successful, we think, ah, I can do it, and we think we can continue in, in our own strengths, and that's dangerous. Okay, so Jesus said, but, don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven or written down in heaven. Praise the Lord. So in other words, a deep brief is very important, you know, because God is giving us a greater accuracy, a greater uh, ability to perform the things that God wants us to perform in a more accurate way than before. In ministry, the supernatural powers of God will manifest when we obey. And remember, the supernatural will always be controlled by God, not by us. Are you with me? But graciously, God will allow us to move in the power of the supernatural according to his guidance, according to his word. When the disciples were with the Lord Jesus Christ, once again, and I don't have time to read that, it's found in chapter 11 of, uh, of Luke, chapter 1, and verse 1, uh, 11 verse 1. The Bible says that Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Very interesting. They were, Jesus was praying, but they were also there. Okay? They were sitting with Jesus as Jesus was praying. They, they observed him praying. And then they realized, hmm, my prayer cannot compare it compared to the, to the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And so they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think we all know the Lord's Prayer. He taught him the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Okay? Not our will, not our kingdom. Some people got that wrong. Okay? It's his kingdom. It's his will that needs to be done. And then, of course, you know, we have the rest of the prayer. But then after that, immediately after that, Jesus is teaching them something very important about persistence. Okay, he tells them that story about a man who got a visitor. Okay, and of course, in the culture, it was very important that you put a meal before the visitor, even if it comes at midnight. And that has come, that has happened to this gentleman. He got a visitor midnight and he didn't have anything at home to give him. So he rushed to his friend who he knew has definitely something in his fridge, in his store, whatever, and uh, he knocked at his door and he says, please, my friend, help me, help me, okay? And the friend said, hey, I've already gone to rest. My children are all resting, they're all sleeping, please don't trouble me because I won't get up now. And the Bible says, Jesus says, if he does not get up because, he's, because you are his, or he's his friend, you know, he will eventually get up if you are persistent in your prayer, okay? And I think this is very important. We must be persistent in our prayer. We must be persistent in exercising our faith. We must be persistent in doing what God is teaching us to do. Even if you say, ah, but uh, I'm not sure. Begin to do it, okay? If you didn't get it right, Jesus will teach you. You know, go for a debriefing and then you will be, uh, become more accurate because Jesus will tell you how to do better next time. Okay? So be persistent. Don't give up because something has not worked the first time. Okay? And then, of course, never forget that God is God. Okay? You may not understand the plan of God perfectly well. You may not understand what God has in mind with each and every individual. But what you know, you must do. Okay? We are not all-knowing. God is the one who is only all-knowing. Not all, who is all-knowing. Not even Satan is all-knowing. But what you know, what you have learned, exercise it. You know, do it. Without fear. Remember, God said to Joshua, fear not, don't be afraid. And I want to tell you this again and again, don't be afraid. If God has called you to exercise your faith on a storm, rise up and command the storm to stop. If God has called you to exercise your faith when somebody is in a terrible situation, go there and help that person. Don't say, I can't do this, because the Bible says that he gave this ability to all those who believe. So, brothers and sisters, the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, they sit down with Jesus. And from the sitting down with Jesus, we learn, we understand, we, we, we master the, the challenges that God puts before us, that we are supposed to put into practice in our lives. Okay? Whatever you are struggling with, begin to rise against it. If the devil has, has uh, put certain traps in your life, remove those traps in the authority of Christ so that you can be able to be useful in the kingdom of our almighty God. So today, thank you for sitting down with me. Sorry, I was standing. Uh, but uh, sitting down with Jesus, you know, submitting to his word, listening to what he has to say, now put it into practice. And you will be able to see that God is not a liar. God is not trying to put you into trouble by asking you to do something which then backfires. No, Jesus loves us. He cares for us. And he will be with us and he will teach us to becoming more and more accurate in our walk with Christ until we come to the full stature of the very nature of Christ that we 
one day ought to be in. So may the Lord bless you richly and please uh, put these things into practice quickly. Uh, this year doesn't have too many opportunities left. Okay, only, only uh, two weeks and we are in the new year. Okay, so two weeks, one day less. You, you have to put these things into practice. Don't say, okay, I will start in the new year. You may have forgotten in the new year. Start now, okay? And God will be with you and he will see you rise up against all the onslaughts of the enemy. The Lord be on your sides. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much. I want to thank you, Lord, that you speak into our lives. You love us because we are disciples. We are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, let us not just be followers in order to receive some blessings, but let us really be disciples who are putting your word into practice, who are going to be rising against the powers of the enemy in whatever situation we may find ourselves in. Lord, you are God. God over the situations that we face. God over the calamities we are in. You are God Almighty in every situation. And Lord Jesus, help us that we will be able to take the stand that you want us to take. Lord, help us that we are not being asked by Jesus, you, where is your face? You of little face. But Lord, let us see our face grow as we put it into practice. Just like muscles will become stronger when they are being used, help us, Lord, to utilize our face from one level of strength to another level of strength. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will be on our side as we are going to exercise the lessons that you have taught us today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.